Jeremiah 29:11. Amen. Popular scripture, famous scripture. Um, I have a message here, and like all day today, God's been like taking me somewhere else, right? It's like the same topic, but like a different road, right? So instead of going down 880, God wanted me to go down like Meekland or Hesperian or something like that. Wanted me to take me to the back roads, right? And show me the scenery, right? You miss a lot when you drive on the freeway, right? But if you take your time, you go through East 14th, you begin to see some things, right? Some good things, some bad things, right? You begin to feel the burden, right? So I feel that God, he wants the same message to come across. He just said, you know what? I want to take you on a little detour down another way. Amen. So Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite scriptures. Um, I shared this with the home a few days ago. Um, when you guys get there, just go ahead and say amen. Maybe we could turn my mic down just a little bit. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. Are you guys there? Amen. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. Verse 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. And I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Father, I ask the God for the next few moments that you would just fill this place with your presence. Lord, that you would anoint this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So even talking about growing pains and talking about stepping into new territory, Jeremiah 29, 11, God was reminding me about this scripture, not, not only a few days ago, but even today while I was at work, about how God has a plan for us, right? We read in the scripture that, that it says, I know the plans that I have for you. So what does that imply? That implies that God is thinking about you, right? Tell your neighbor, God is thinking about you. God is thinking about you. He has thoughts about you. That when you woke up this morning, God was thinking about you. He was looking down from heaven and, and, and thinking about you. I love to stand and watch my kids sleep. They're so precious when they're sleeping, right? They're so calm when they're sleeping, except for Julian. He does like karate moves in his sleep. It's, just, it's hilarious. But I like to watch him and go, man. And reflect, God is so good. And I believe that God is up in heaven sometimes, and he just looks down upon his creation. He looks down upon his people. He goes, man, I'm so, I know, I know they ain't got it all together. I know that they're kind of messed up a little bit. I know that they got this flaw and that flaw and that insecurity, but man, look how great they are. They are my kids, right? Because from heaven, God doesn't see us this way. He sees us this way, right? He just knows if you got hair or not, right? No, but God, God sees you for who you are. God sees you for your potential. Amen. It says that he has thoughts about you. Tell your neighbor again, God thinks about you. He has thoughts about you. Now tell your neighbor he has plans for you. Now tell that same neighbor, I sure hope you figure it out. Right? That's my prayer is that you figure out what God has for you. Amen. Because God has great things in store for us. Amen. So God has thoughts about us. God has plans for us. So what does that mean? That means God has a purpose for us, right? God has a purpose for us. For me, I, don't, I, I, ha, I have some hobbies. I like working on stuff. I like fixing things, right? I got a little workbench in my garage, and I like working on motorcycles, all kinds of different stuff, right? And sometimes if I got a project, when I'm laying in bed, all I'm thinking about is that project, 
right? I'm thinking about, man, how, what can I do? How can I do this? How can I make that? What tools do I need, right? My wife's probably, you know, if you look at my Google search, it's craftsmen and all this kind of stuff, right? Tools, right? Because I have thoughts and I have plans of what I want to do, right? So God is up in heaven and he's thinking about you. And he has plans about you. You say, man, you know what? I, 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 I see Johnny, and I see Eric, and I, and I got great plans for them. I got a great purpose for them. Man, I see the guys in the home, and I got plans for them. I got a purpose for them. He doesn't just create us just to let us go, but he creates us with a plan and with a purpose, right? The Bible talks about how we are God's workmanship, right, that he will finish what he starts in our life. And even in this scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says that I will finish what I start. I will finish what I start. I have great plans for you to prosper you. And I will come back and I will restore to you everything. Right? Has the enemy stole anything from somebody here tonight? Amen. Has the enemy took maybe your family or took your dignity or took maybe your self-worth? The Bible says that God will restore it to you. Amen. So God has thoughts about us. God has, has plans for us. And God has a purpose for us. Amen. And when it comes to God's purpose... Amen. That that means that when he created us, he had to do something. Right. And, and I share this with the home, too, that in, in, in Genesis two, it talks about the formation of man, how God took the man from the dirt and he formed him with his hands. And not only did he form him with his hands, but he he breathed life into him. Right. And tonight I kind of want to talk about the body of Christ. Amen. How many of you guys know that we are the body of Christ? Right. We are the body. We are the vessel. Right. When you, hear about, when you hear the body of Christ, it implies two things. It, it, it implies cr- uh, container and content. This cup, you have a container and you have content. You got the glass and you got the water, right? The body of Christ, you got the vessel, the container, which is us, right? All kinds of different shapes and sizes and colors, right? But the content is the same. Right. No matter what you look like, no matter what background you came from, when you step into Christ and you accept Christ in your life, you become a member of the body of Christ. The Bible says that he grafts you in to the vine. He grafts you in and you're no longer an outcast, but now you're a part of the true vine. You're a part of the family. You're a part of his plan. You're a part of his purpose. Amen. So it's about container and it's about content. Right. We are the container. Christ is the content which is the body of Christ. And in the formation of man, it says that God formed him with his hands. When you look at all other things that were created, God spoke it into an existence. He spoke it. Let there be light, right? Let there be land. Let there be birds. Let there be animals. Let there be trees. Let there be, right? But on the sixth day, when he said, let there be man, he didn't just say it. He actually did something. He reached down and he got dirt, something that's really not worth much, right? If you take your weight, For me, I'm probably worth a lot more than a few of you. Amen? But really, our weight in dirt, you're talking cents, pennies, right? Amen? God took something that was was worthless. But it's not because of the container, it's because of the content. Because he breathed life into you, now you become worth something, right? Because he breathed life into you, now you have a purpose, Because he breathed life into you, now you have a destiny. Because he breathed life into you, no longer do you have to live out in the streets doing this or doing that or or being, you know, staying at home and all depressed. Why? Because you got the life. You got the breath of life in you, right? When we're born, we got the breath of life, but sometimes different things and different trials and and different things that we go through, it, it, it expels that breath. 
right? We exhale that breath. We, the spirit, of, it kind of leaves us. And we have to allow God to breathe back into us and fill us again, right? God forms us and he fills us. And because of what he fills us, we begin to function in what he calls us to do. Amen? So it's content. It's container. We are the container. But the container has no value. The container really doesn't have any value. Right? Just think of it like this. You're driving down the road again. Here we go. Right? Nowadays, they got tow trucks that drive up and down the road, right, if you break down. But imagine a few years ago, right, when the speed limit was still 55, okay? My first car, I had the 55 mark right there, so it was old. Amen? But imagine you're driving down the road, and you run out of gas. And you, boom, you go, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to pop open the trunk. There's a gas can. Right? That gas can is only valuable if what? It has gas in it. Are you getting it? The gas can is only valuable if you got gas in it. If it ain't got gas, now you got to hike yourself down to the gas station and put gas in it. But if you had gas in that container, it becomes priceless. Right? It gets you to where you're going to go. And the same thing with us. Yes, we are, we are the body of Christ. Yeah, you might come into church and God cleans you up and shines you up and, and changes the way that you dress. But if there ain't nothing on the inside, you're like an empty gas can, right? When someone says, oh, you're a Christian? Oh, man, can you pray for me? And you're like, uh, so-and-so prays for people. I don't pray for people. I just go to church. But isn't that what you do, right? The, the world doesn't need more preachers. The world doesn't need more teachers. The world needs people that can, that can function as the body everywhere, right, anytime, that if you need something, boom, you're there, oh, man, you need prayer, I'll pray for you, oh, you need a word, oh, man, I got a scripture for you, why, because I was tapping into the Holy Spirit this morning, and God spoke to me, but sometimes we walk around on empty, sometimes we walk around with that empty gas can, saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, and someone goes, well, can I get some gas, you're like, well, I ain't got none, right, we ain't got the anointing, we ain't got the power, right, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, amen, I, I, I don't want this to come across like a you know, chastisement, but encouragement, right? An encouragement. Why? Because I want, I want us to identify our purpose. I want, us, I want us to identify what God has called us to do. And I'm enjoying this season where pastor's not here. I miss pastor. I just text him right now. I said, pastor, I'm grateful for you. I really miss you, right? I miss you. I, I miss my pastor. I miss, I miss those people that are not here. I miss my brother. I miss, you know, they're away and they're doing great things, but I miss them. But in this season, we're stretching, we're growing. Right, Some of us that maybe can get by on running on empty are being challenged to fill up a little bit more, to put a little bit more inside of us so that we can do what God has called us to do. Amen? So God formed man with his own hands, and he touched us. And ever since then, we long to be touched every day. Right? We long for the touch of God. We long. We need that touch. It's not a desire. It's a need. It's something that we need. We need God's touch daily in our life. We need to have those encounters with God every day. Amen? So I want to transition now into our purpose. God has called us, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans for you. I have, I, I, I have, I have uh, you know, thoughts about you. I have purpose for you. So when it, com when, it comes to our, when it comes to our purpose, there's two questions we must ask ourselves. When it comes to our purpose, we must ask ourselves, what am I passionate about? Right? What, are, what am I passionate about? What are you passionate about? Right? What, what, what drives you? What fuels you? What excites you? Right? Well, what are you passionate about? 
right? And, and, and it doesn't have to be about preaching behind the pulpit. It doesn't have to be leading worship. What, what are you passionate about? Do it for God, right? Give it to God. Give God your talent. Why? Because he gave it to you in the first place. My dad, he was kind of taking my message when he was talking about, you know, the fish and the bread and all that. And I was like, man, where is that scripture? No, I'm just kidding. But God's given us giftings, right? God's given us gifting. God's given us abilities. And it's not for ourselves. It's to benefit the body of Christ. Amen. So it, when it comes to our purpose, we got to ask ourselves two questions. What am I passionate about? Right? What am I passionate about? So, you, you know, you see people that are so passionate, and, and often your passion, your passion is often what you're called to do. Right? Your passion is often what you're called to do. Some people, they like to dance, right? And they're good at it, man. And they could, you know, they could get down. I'm not that good, right? Some people, man, they could sing, right? They're, they're passionate about it, right? And, and passion is often related to your purpose. Right? If you're passionate about music, like AJ, I love AJ. He's passionate. Right? Vince, he's passionate about his worship. He's passionate about getting up here. He may look a little funny at times, but I love my brother. Why? Don't hate on him. He's just passionate. He's passionate. Right? And that's something about passion. Passion is going to make you stand out. Why is passion going to make you stand out? Because we're living in a passionless world. We're living in a passionless time. People who say, man, just calm down. You're drawing too much attention to yourself while they're wearing neon green shoes and tight pants and weird blonde hair, like, you know, they're telling you to calm down as a Christian because they don't want your passion. They don't want your fire. They don't want your excitement. I say we need more Vince's. We need more Asians. We need more people that are excited and passionate about what they do and, and aren't afraid to get in trouble for some, for, at times for, for going crazy for God. Amen? So ask yourself, what are you passionate about? What do you like to do? Do you like to do hair? And do hair for God. Amen. There's a lot of kids out there that need a comb. Amen. And need a brush. Amen. I'm, I'm just saying it. My bad. I hope they're not recording this one. I'm kind of off the hook right now. But there's a need. I'm just saying that. There's a need. Whatever gift you have, there's a need for that gift. There's a need for that gift. Amen. What are you passionate about? Passion is often related to your purpose. Not all the time. Right? Not all the time. Right, and we know this, why? Because we watched American Idol, right? We've watched American Idol, and we've seen tryouts where people try to get up there, and they're passionate. Man, but they ain't got it, right? Everybody across America is like, oh, Lord, turn this thing off, God. God, my ears, God, right? Oh, no, right? And they're feeling it, oh, yeah, you know, and they're singing, and the judges are just like, ah, oh, right? They're passionate. Sometimes what you're passionate for I got to be sorry. I'm sorry, but it, that's not your purpose, right? Just pray for it, right? Pray for it. Maybe you got ideas, you know, and just let somebody else sing the song that you wrote, you know? Amen? But not all the time is our passion related to our purpose. Amen? And then you wonder, where, where are these people's friends, right? Like, they're up there, like, they need some friends to tell them, like, you know, my name is Matt, and I really like you, but you can't sing. I'm sorry, you know. But no, we'd rather let them just go and be on TV and screeching and, you know. Amen. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we passionate about? Amen. What are we passionate about? Amen. And know that your passion is most likely related to your purpose. Amen. And not only do we need to ask ourselves, what are we passionate about, but we need to ask yourself, what am I good at? Right? What am I good at? 
right? What am I good at? What, what kind of things do, am I able to do just naturally, right? What can I do naturally? What comes natural to me? Are you the person that you're always encouraging people? Are you the person that, that, that you're always, you know, just telling people, oh, it's going to be all right. You got words of encouragement. People come to you and, and they share their, you know, their, 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 their burdens with you. Maybe you're called to be, you know, a counselor or something. Are you, are you the kind of person that you love having people at your house like Sister Tina and cooking food and all kinds of great stuff? I always see her post, right, and I want to just go over there and get some little pumpkin pie things. And, you know, she, that's her passion. That's her gifting, right? If you're hospitable, be hospitable. Right. We see it there in, in Romans, in Romans 12, in Romans 12, you know, verse three, it talks about if you have the gift to teach, then teach. If you have the gift to preach, then preach. Don't hold it back. Don't reserve it. Don't bury it, but let it shine. Amen. What are we good at? What are we good at? And you sometimes you won't know what you're good at until you try it. You won't know what you're good at until you try it. That's why, you know, for me, like I, I'm if you don't. You probably don't think so. I don't know, but I'm I'm really like kind of shy and don't like to like step out a lot and do a lot of things. And Pastor Manuel probably knows those who see me. Like man, even in school, like I hated co- going before the class and giving presentations and talking and you know. And even when I first got saved, I'm like, man, I'm not. I don't really want to act like I'm like you know this or that because man, they're gonna have me go up there and preach and they're gonna have me testify and I'm hiding in the back and all this kind of stuff, right? But it, then it's like. God just began to put me there, and I figured, man, if i got to keep on doing this, I might as well try to enjoy it. Right? I might as well try to like it. I might as well try to, to hone this craft and, and, and sharpen this blade that God given me, right? Opportunities, I, the bass, I never thought I would play the bass, but because there was a need, I said, well, I'll try it. And I've been playing it for five years, and I want to try to hand it off to somebody else, Right? The piano, I, I never took piano class, but it's like, oh, man, what do you need? Like, I'm willing to try, and I'm like, oh, man, check this out, right? It's not me. It's not the container, right? I, I hope you guys are getting this. It's not the container. It's the content, right? It's not the container. It's the content. It's the content, t- content that's in you that gives you the ability to do what God has called you to do. It's the, it's the content inside of you. It's what God filled you with, which gives you the opportunity and, and, and the ability to function, to function in your gifting, to function in your calling, right? That when the Holy Spirit moves you because of the feeling inside of you, you just move. You got that unction. You got that drive. You got that the Holy Spirit just pushing you, and you just step out and do it. But if you're empty, you're not going to have that. And then you start asking yourself the question, why do I even go to church? Why, why do I even give my tithe? Why do I even do this? Or why do I even do that? I've been there. I've felt like that. I've, I've been on empty a lot, right? Even, at, you know, my wife with our cars, we, we're always on empty. And I told you, I said, you know what? When we get a little extra money, we're going to fill our cars up. And when we get to a quarter tank, we're going to put more gas. Because I don't like driving on empty. You think I'm going to break down somewhere, Right? And that's with our cars, and I've even been trying to do that spiritually. That when I start feeling a little tired, and when I start feeling a little weak, and when I start feeling a little dry, I go, you know what? No, no, no. I got to stop what I'm doing. I got to get up a little earlier. I got to get down there. I got to pray. I got to get into my word. I got to put my headphones at work, and I got to listen to a few messages. Why? Because I'm feeling a little empty. Because I don't want to do, just do. But I want to be. I want to be what God's called me to be. Amen? See, when you find yourself, amen, when you find, your, you find yourself, amen, in your success, amen, but you begin to lose yourself in your significance, amen, 
Not only do we need to find ourselves, but we need to lose ourselves. Amen? If you want to turn with me to Mark, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, 34. Amen. You guys getting something tonight? Amen. Amen. Because I want our church to grow. I want our church to grow. You know, I've, I've been around for a while, and I desire our church to see our church growing, and we're growing. We're doing it. But I, I believe that within this next year, 20, you know, 2017, that we're really going to grow a lot more. Right? We're going to see a lot, of, a lot of growth. And I think even because of this whole Africa crusade and people being gone and other people having to step out in areas that, that they normally don't step out, that we're going to see that growth. Right, that, that people are going to come back and they're going to think they're going to just get in their position and we're going to be like, no, wait a minute, bro, I'm playing the piano today. Right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Mark 8, 34. Amen? Mark 8, 34. You guys there? It says, then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways and take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, this is the key, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Amen. And what, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything, if any, anyone is ashamed of my, of my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his father. The key there is that in order to find ourselves, we must lose ourselves. Amen. And when it comes to our purpose, we got to find our purpose. We got to find our purpose. We got to find our giftings. Right? We got to go and dig it up. Right? We got to go and possess that gift. God gave it to us. We just got to go possess it. We have it. We just don't possess it yet. We don't possess it. It's like if you had a million dollars buried in your backyard and you didn't know about it until right now. And I told you, I say, man, you know what? Pastor Manuel, you got you got a million dollars buried under your front room in your apartment. You don't know it. But I'm telling you, you do. What does he do? He gets in his car right now and goes out there and starts breaking that apartment, looking for that million dollars. Right. This is gonna be funny if he actually does it. Amen. But you start looking for it. Right, if I say you got a million dollars buried in your backyard, you start getting a shovel and you start digging it up. And you try to be quiet so your wife don't see. Right? But the truth is, God does the same thing with us. He says, I've given you gifts. I've given you abilities. I've given you a purpose. But we had to go dig it up. And until we dig it up, we won't know what we have. Until we step out in faith, we won't know what we have. We'll think we just got two fish and five loaves. We'll think that, oh, man, my gift is insufficient. My gift is not worthy. The Bible says don't, don't you know, the, uh, uh, the certain uh, parts of the body, they're not uh, insignificant, right? The, even the things that you think are insignificant have a big role, right? Just ask Derek Carr about his pinky, right? That's a big, that's a, you know, that's a big thing to him right now. In the body of Christ, the smallest role has just as much significance as the biggest role. Amen? So we must find ourselves. We got to find our purpose. We got to find our passion. We got to find our giftings. And then it's kind of a trip because then the Bible says, now you got to lose yourself. Right? You find, you, wait, you want me to find myself and then lose myself? I don't get this. Right? But see, this is what happens. You find yourself 
in your giftings and your purpose. Amen. You find yourself in success. You find yourself in doing things, but then you lose yourself in significance. What, what do I mean by that? Is that you find yourself, amen, in doing what you're called to do, but you lose yourself when you begin to do it for other people. Right? You begin to lose yourself when, when your purpose becomes bigger than you. Right? See, when you're, when, when, when you're bigger than your purpose, you have a career. Right? When you're bigger than your purpose, you have a career. But when, when your purpose is bigger than you, you have a calling. Right? God has called you. He's called us to something greater. He's called us to something bigger. Right? Pastor Manuel was talking about Mighty Men of Valor 2004 there in Pasadena. I, I will never forget it. I don't really remember the messages that were spoke. I don't really remember, you know, the certain things that were going on. But I do remember one thing that God touched me. Right? I know one thing that God changed my life. Why? Because I, I, I came to the place where I says, man, this is so much bigger than myself. That, that, that this calling that God has for me is so much bigger than my plan. This calling that God has for me is so much bigger than my purpose. Right? I, I, I felt that I was a part of something important. I felt that I was in part of something that, that, that's going to make a difference. It's going to make a change, right? I was just thinking about what am I going to do with, with my career? What am I going to do, right? Trying to get into this school and that school and, you know, just working and doing all this kind of stuff, kind of getting lost in that. And then I went to the conference and God ruined my life, right? God ruined my plans. God messed me up, right? But then he gave me a new life. He gave me a new calling. I found myself in the training center, getting developed, getting trained, getting built, coming back, getting involved in the gang, getting involved in the youth ministry, getting involved in leadership, right? Here I am today, met my wife in the church, got kids in the church, blessed in the church, got a good job, and, and, and continuing, to, continuing to seek after God. God's plans were way greater than my plans. Because the schools that I was trying to get into, they got in a lot of legal trouble, Right? People didn't even get their accreditation from, all, from those schools. Right? I felt God, man, was protecting me. He was guiding me down the right path. Right? But I had to lose myself in something bigger than myself. Right now, we might be so full of ourselves, so full of our own, man, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get my car. I got to get my house. I got to do this. I got, what about my retirement? What about the, These are thoughts we all have. But don't allow that to be bigger than what God has for you. Don't allow that to be bigger than the purpose that God has for you. Allow God to, to, to reveal his plan for you. And remember, Jeremiah 29, 11, God has great plans for you. He has thoughts about you. He doesn't just, excuse me, he doesn't just ignore you. Amen? See, success, the difference between success and significance is success is when you add value to yourself. But significance is when you add value to others. Amen. I don't want to just be successful. I don't want to just be successful. I just don't want to, you know, people, they know, oh, man, Matt, he knows how to work on Harleys and all this kind of stuff. And, and man, that must be, you know, and I'm like, it's actually not that hard. Right. And, and in that whole realm, I guess I'm kind of successful. But to me, it has no significance. Coming here tonight and preaching the word and being a part of the worship team and being a part of the Inspire Young Adults and having life group and doing that kind of, to me, that is significant. Why? Because it's not about me. It's bigger than me. Amen. And as I come to the piano tonight, amen, as the body, amen, we need to come together. We need to come together, and we need to help one another find our significance, find our passion, find our purpose. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 26, 
says if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Amen. As a body, we win together and we fail together. We learn together and we grow together. Amen. We are a team. We are a unit. We are a body. Right. The foot can't move without the leg guiding it first. Right. The hand can't move without the arm guiding it. Right. We have to move in conjunction with each other. Right. And and, and your purpose is not just for yourself, but it's for the person next to you because they can't fully fulfill their purpose unless you do yours. We work together. Right. We work together. And this is the good thing about being a part of the body of Christ is that Christ is the head. Right. Christ is the head. Christ is the one that guides us. Christ is the one that directs us. Amen. We as a body are united under the headship of Jesus Christ. That he's at the top and he controls, controls everything that goes on in the body. He's a central nervous system for the body of Christ. He controls all movement and activity. As the head, he is responsible for seeing and speaking for the body. He is the brains of the operation. Amen. But here comes the problem. If we're not connected to one another, and if we're not connected to the head, then our church becomes spiritually paralyzed. Amen. That the body becomes, you know, out of service. It becomes useless. It becomes, with, you know, it's just an empty container. But as we all connect, right, when the hand is connected to the, to the forearm and the forearm is connected to the, to, the, you know, to the bicep and the bicep to the shoulder, you know, and then the leg to the hip and the, you know, we sing that song as a kid, you know, everything's connected. We could function, we can work. But if there's something disconnected in our neck, it doesn't take much. It could be something small. It could be maybe a regret. It could be maybe a, you know, sin that you're holding on to. It could be maybe your plans are just a little bit bigger than God's plans in your life. Maybe you just, you know, man, if I just work this much more overtime, I'll be able to do this and do that. But maybe that's not what God wants for you to do. We begin to disconnect ourselves from the head. We begin to disconnect ourselves from Christ. And we become paralyzed. And we wonder why nothing's happening in our life. We wonder why there's no excitement. We wonder why there's no passion. We wonder why there's no fruitfulness. We wonder why, man, I'm just, I just feel stuck. Because someone who's paralyzed, they sit there and their brain's telling their arm to move. But because there's not a connection right here, their arm can't move. Their leg can't move. They can't walk. They can't do the things that we take for granted every day. So tonight as we stand, my prayer tonight.